we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hollywood is being rebuilt by artists not afraid to disrupt the status quo, telling fresh stories, and bringing to life characters who until now have been confined to the margins. This is Emerging Hollywood. Peace to the planet. I go by the name of Charlemagne the God, and today I'm here with writer, actor, comedian, and executive producer of one of my favorite shows, the hit comedy, Abbott Elementary. Quinta Brunson is here. Hey. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I am really happy to have this conversation because I am a real big fan Thank of you. Abbott Elementary. I'm glad that we finally get to talk. Now, you're the youngest of five. Yeah. What was life like growing up, you know, in West Philadelphia? <laughs> Born and raised. I'm sorry. I you had to. I know. It's okay. I let people get it out of their system. Um, <laughs> you know, it was great. I loved growing up in Philly. It's a beautiful city with a ton of culture. It was a nice env environment to grow up in. And being the youngest of five, I just kind of took so much from my siblings. They were older. They were experiencing comedy in their own ways. Like, their favorite things range from kings of comedy to... I don't know, like Conan to yeah. my mom and dad, like really old shows like the Bob Newhart show and, and the Jeffersons and stuff. So I feel like all that funneled into me. 
and my brother who's closest to me liked Ace Ventura, so I got the stupid stuff too. Mm -hmm. It all just funneled down, so it was nice. Being the youngest of five, did you get away with a lot? I had more eyes on me, <clears throat> for sure. My parents were very overprotective. Really? By the time they get to the youngest ones, they kind of like, they don't raise the youngest like they do the oldest. <laughs> Not in my case. They were very overprotective. You said that when you could make your siblings laugh, you knew you were doing something right. So mm -hmm. how would you make them laugh? One of the big things was them putting me in a car seat and making me do impressions of Wanda from In Living Color. <laughs> they made me redo Martin episodes, like, from beginning to end. You can remember whole episodes of Martin? When I was younger, yeah. Okay, okay, Maybe okay. I still can. There's a, there's a lot of Fresh Prince episodes I can remember from beginning to end, like, can mm -hmm. almost quote. So stuff like that. It was um, kind of knowing these shows like the back of my hand to be able to say the lines to them later. So that was the way to connect to them. I was also so far away from them. My closest sibling is eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. And my other siblings, it's, you know, 10 years, 15 years, and then 20 years. As a kid, I couldn't really relate to them, but mm -hmm. making them laugh was how I got to, you know, hang out with them and our whole family. Like my mom and dad too, we all really came together over comedies. It was like the one thing that we could all agree on was a good a good sitcom at the end of the day. Now you, you were raised Jehovah Witness. Mm -hmm. So was I. You were? Absolutely. My mom I did still not goes know to the, that. my mom still goes to the Kingdom Hall to this Wait, day. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. I did not know yes, that. Yes. So does mine. So how, how strict was your upbringing? Very. Yeah, because you was naming. Well, all I'm saying overprotective. I can just use the now you know what I'm talking about. Like they were very strict. Yeah. Also, I was the only kid that was born and raised in it. You know what I mean? Wait, that's not true. Me and my young, my brother closest to me. The rest of them weren't like raised Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh no, I was raised, whole family. What? Oh yeah, I had the whole righteous, righteous mom and dad. So my dad ended up getting this fellowship because he got baptized and only had no business getting I baptized. I cannot believe this conversation right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. I should be disfellowshipped, I'm on the run. You'll never get me. I never got baptized. Oh, yes, that's why. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew that was too much pressure. I did because I was so ambitious. I was such an ambitious 13 year old. Oh my God. You got um, baptized at 13? Yeah, because I was like, I love God. I did too, but that's too much pressure. I know. Well, you had enough foresight. Have you held on to any of those traditions or habits? You go to memorial service still? Memorial's the one thing I'll try really hard to go to. Mm -hmm. And it gets harder for me every single year. There's always a new obstacle. Last year I tried to go. I show up. It's a Korean hall. I was like, what the hell? Like, why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot win. So I'm just sitting there dressed like a slut in comparison to everybody else. Like, because I, I was also trying to go to this party after, so I was like, I'm just wearing this dress. It was a little short, but I was like, it's cool, I'm sitting in the back. They're just like appalled at what I'm wearing, and I'm like, calm down, I was gonna sit in the back if I could get in. Yeah. Anyway, the brothers are just like, looking at me, like, I'm just... All you want to do is pass some bread and wine, that's, that's all. It. I'm like, it gets harder and harder every single year, but I keep trying to show up. Yeah, there was a lot of reasons why it wasn't for me, but I don't think it's bad, and I think... If it weren't for that, I'm not sure that me and my siblings would have like survived Philadelphia at the really? time. Yeah, because that kind of structure, I guess, yeah. and faith, it kind of keeps you out of trouble, which is why people hold on dear to religion, period. You know, it keeps you on a good path. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm grateful. What about it. holidays? How do you feel about those now? Because you know, we didn't get those as kids. We didn't. There was one year, I just wanted to see what it feels like, what it feels like, so I went to, uh, Rite Aid and got like a plastic Christmas tree <laughs> and I just put it I put, and I put it in my apartment and I just looked at it and I left it there for like maybe one night and then I took it out and threw it in trash. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I just wanted to see what it felt like. Yeah, you yeah, never yeah. just wanted to see? I mean, I do it now because I got a, you know, a whole family, so it's like my wife oh, didn't grow up. Whatever. So you be out here celebrating Christmas. I enjoy it, though, but not because I'm of the... I'm going to tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's so awkward when she she's there for the holidays. Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. Did you have any insecurities growing up? There was a point where I thought if I had a big butt and I could sing, then my life would be different. Mm. And that was an insecurity for a while. I remember like stuffing my pants. <laughs> like I wore like three pairs of tights to school one day because I wanted to have a bigger butt. And that was before like BBLs and everything I know. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the girls are gonna do now. How'd you get over that? I had a really bad breakup in college, high school boyfriend, and in college we broke up and it was so bad. It was so bad that I had no choice but to like put myself back together. Wow. And when you get your heart broken that bad and everything falls apart and you put yourself back together, you didn't, you didn't become invincible. And then like, all that kind of stuff doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't care about it anymore. What helped you put things back together? You said everything fell apart after the breakup. Like, did you start going to see a therapist or? No, therapy wasn't, it wasn't the conversation that it is now. Do you yeah. know what I mean at yeah. the time? I think I probably should have back then because I was like depressed but I barely had the language to identify it as depression. Did you drink heavily smoked? No, I wish. No, that probably would have helped me get through it better. <laughs> no, I was such a noob at the time. I didn't really drink. I had many days that were, I dropped. I pretty much dropped out of school because of wow. that, which was crazy. I never, it, I don't talk about that a lot, but I did pretty much drop out because I just could not peel myself out of the bed. And- um, That's depression. It was depression. Yeah. And, and I just didn't identify it as such. And I watched, the same DVD of Bruce Almighty on repeat every day. I couldn't pick up the remote <laughs> to change the, the DVD. I couldn't even peel myself out of bed to take the DVD out of the DVD player. So I watched it over and over. I sought out like help from friends, you know, like friends helped me out big time. I had one friend, Brandy, who like gave me a list of affirmations to say in the window. Uh, sorry, in the window, in the mirror, and that. I remember that being a specific thing that helped me. I remember thinking it was very stupid, but then I would say the affirmations to myself in the mirror every single day. And after a year, it felt like they had worked. It's crazy, those little things like that. I picked myself back up uh, eventually and started uh, making plans to, to work, to go to LA. It was really making plans that helped pull me out of that, I think. Because even when I came to LA, I was still dealing with it. And I just, I don't know. I did worked it, my way out of it. Did it fuel you in some way? Like, I always think about that, uh, I think, what was it, that Mark Zuckerberg movie, and at the end he kept hitting this, he created Facebook basically because of this young lady. Did it fuel you like that? Yeah, I mean, when that boyfriend broke up with me, I was like, I don't know how, but you're gonna see my face everywhere. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I did not know how. And then, you know, like, then I like, had gone viral on Instagram and stuff like that. So I think it definitely did. But now that's all going away. I like did that and we're friends now. And um, yeah, but it definitely fueled me at the time. Wow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> did you ever start your own journey? Going to therapy, things like that? Like how does Quinta heal? I haven't gone to therapy. I do have a journey though. Like there are things that I do to take care of my mental health. Sometimes that's just resting. Sometimes that's just being with friends and family when I need to. Sometimes it's uh, checking in with myself, making sure I'm not doing harmful things to my, for my mental health, like comparisons. I think that's a small thing that people don't think about that really messes with your mental health. Absolutely. You know, compare, and I always have to check in, especially as I'm, you know, having this moment with Abbott, I always have to check in and, and ground myself. Um, so I try to be very active doing that. I feel like my mental health is in a really good place, but if it ever weren't, 
I would tap in and not ignore it, I think. Now, who had more influence on your career? Your sixth grade teacher, Miss Abbott? Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you ran into Paul Rudd at a movie theater in Philly. <laughs> yeah. That little gem that Paul Rudd dropped on me that I don't, that he barely remembers, is, it was just one of those little sparks that makes you believe something is possible. But my teacher, Miss Abbott, and my mother, really, who's like the, the inspiration behind Abbott, your teachers are to me, ultimately responsible for your ability to read, write, articulate, present yourself. They turn you into a human. So I was really fortunate enough to have really good teachers that I loved. It always like bugs me out when people talk about having a teacher they hated. I just never had that experience. Mm -hmm. So not only did it inspire me to make Abbott clearly influ influential for that reason, but they were, they were good at making people, <laughs> like, at, like turning kids into good, people, citizens, creators, etc. So is Abbott a real school in Philly or did you name the school after the teacher? I named the school after the teacher, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. How did she feel about that? She loved it. She she didn't even realize it until she saw me talk about it on the news. And that's how humble she is. I was like, you didn't mm -hmm. see the name Abbott and think it was about you? And it's just so just humble that it didn't even cross her mind at first. Mm -hmm. I think that's so funny. But yeah, she loves it. Abbott Elementary is a hit, like a hit hit. like. A big, <laughs> like, like, how does it feel to receive so much praise for the show? It's so crazy. I, you know, I keep saying you, we, when we made the show, when we sold it, we felt like this is good. When I wrote the pilot, I was like, this is good. We got the writers. I was like, oh my God, we're making good stuff here, right? And then you get on set and everyone's like, we feel like we're making a good show. Like from everybody from, you know, hair and makeup to directors to the, to the COVID crew, everyone's like, this feels good. Mm -hmm. And so we knew we were making something good, but for it to go out into the world and people feel the same way and to come to the show so soon, I was expecting it to be like, I don't know, I was like, all right, it's airing weekly on ABC. Like it's not gonna catch on until it's full season on streaming. I did not imagine this energy so fast and I'm just like in awe of it, very humbled by it. I'm so happy that people, are seeking out something like this to watch. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? There were times I wondered if it was too, I knew it was good, but I was like, oh man, I wonder if people don't want heartwarming. <laughs> I don't know where people are these days, but I knew that there was a market there for it because people keep rewatching old sitcoms on Netflix. My niece is 14 and she's just now discovering like, you know, Friends and The Office and yeah. she, she loves it. it. She loves the feel of it, you know? And I was like, so that feeling People, there, there will always be room for that. I guess I just expected people to ignore it for a while, and the fact that they hadn't, I mean, thank you. Thanks to everyone for watching, because, you know. I feel like Abbott is what happens when uh, these networks give black creatives real budgets and, 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 and don't get in their way. Yeah. When it comes to notes and stuff like that. I have to agree with that. ABC was definitely the place. I just felt they were gonna let me They believed in me. Like you said, the budget was there up mm -hmm. front. You know, it wasn't a fight for, mm -hmm. Because it's surprising how much, you know, we still have to fight for pennies sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's clear you have a lot of respect for teachers. And, you know, I love that because my mom is a public school teacher. Yeah. So did you set out to make to make commentary on underfunded schools? Was that the, the goal? Not necessarily. I think a good show begins with a grounded topic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we may not think of it that way, but, like, The Office was about, um, you know, the... the, the the work crisis at the time, you know, we were coming out of recession, you know what I mean? And when you build something from that place, 
it automatically yields good fruit most of the time. So my idea was to begin from that place. We have this, I've seen it firsthand, what teachers go through from day to day. But I wasn't necessarily setting out to change anything or like beat people over the head with the message. I just knew that if we started in a real place with the state of where we are right now, that that's the best way to start a comedy. I think that's dope because a lot of people just like to be funny first. And that's what these networks yeah. do. Just be funny. Right. Just be funny. But it's like, no, can I create a story? Can I yeah. start from something real first? And yeah. funny will come. That's yep. a, It's weird because people look at it. The jokes are really like the easy part. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, whatever. But you have to have a soul of a show first. When, you, right. when the show doesn't have a soul, then the... You know what I mean? Like the jokes don't matter and anyone can say them. Like the soul of the show creates the humor of the show. There are things that people find funny in the show that aren't even jokes, but it's because you know the soul of the show. And I think that also is a marker of a good comedy. Like in Seinfeld, like no soup for you, like mm -hmm. means nothing if you haven't seen Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. But if you have seen Seinfeld, that can make you cry laughing. And that's because of the soul of the comedy, you know, like that kind of stuff matters. Um, I think in making a good show. I think I read somewhere that you don't like tackling issues in <laughs> I your don't, work. No. Really? If the issue gets tackled, then so be it. But I'm yeah. not trying to like, that's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. And why do we always have to tackle issues? How come I can't make some dumb shit? Like, you know, like. <laughs> That's a great point. I think it's only because black people feel like we're not being represented. So we kind of want to show the world like what's going on a lot of times. But is it still not representation if not? That's true. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I really don't like, I, I said that in an interview and I felt like that came out wrong, but I'm just saying like, I don't want to start from that point because that's not funny to me. That's not where I operate best. Like I said, if the issue gets tackled and so be it. Similar like what's happening with Abbott, but those were naturally the places we were going to go and talking about what happens in a school, what happens with the school district, but starting there just feels so, you oh, no. know, I you know what you. I mean? How do you feel when you think about, you know, the fact that people might see themselves in the character of Janine Oh, I love that. That makes me happy. Um, I actually love when girls will tweet and say, oh my God, I think I'm Janine. Like, like it's the worst revelation because, you know, Janine's kind of annoying and peppy, and, but she's earnest. And I think it's beautiful that people can see themselves be all of that. You know, one of the big things for me with Janine was um, Clearly she has a big heart, but to a fault, you know? Yeah. And she's wrong a lot and right a lot. And I think it's really cool that young women, and especially young black women, can see themselves in this poorly dressed, <laughs> like always making mistakes girl. I think that's actually special for us. To me, that feels like a new version of representation. Like to identify with someone who is not together yet. Mm -hmm. I think that's fun, you know, so. At some point she has to break up with the aspiring rapper though. Okay. What is, why are people so <laughs> mad? People like, like. Cause you can do better. People's parents call me, we, we got to lose Tariq. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I was at like a Jewish wedding and this Jew's grandmother grabbed my face and was like, you need to leave the boyfriend. I'm like, this, it's just a show. And she's like, I don't like it. Like people feel very strongly. If he makes it, are you gonna, is he gonna, Get a deal? You gonna sign with Dream Chasers or something? <laughs> like, is he gonna get a deal? Look, people hated him in episode two. Now they're sad. They now they don't want to see him go yeah. after his fade performance. They're like, they're all about him. You said Abbott is the first time since high school that your mom said she's proud of you. Yeah. Wow. How did that make you feel? That was a moment. 
I almost cried when she said that, and she didn't even know why. I was like, you have not said that to me, and uh. I don't know how long. Because everything else I was doing, you know, she was witnesses. She found Blasphemous, like, Black Lady Sketch Show. She was like, HBO? The Nudity Network? And I was like, yeah. So she didn't like that. Like, I would tell her, work at this place called BuzzFeed, and she would, like, tell me the truth. Are you stripping? And it'd be like, she really could not. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. She could not understand what, but it made no sense to her. And yeah, I showed her the website, and she's like, this is nothing. This is a website. And I would show her videos, and she's like, Still not, well, how are you making money from this? But now, you know, ABC, she can understand. Ah, TV show, that made sense to her. So she gets it now and she loves it. She's mm -hmm. such a sitcom watcher that uh, if she didn't like it, she would like say it. Like her comedy opinion means a lot to me. She told me two weeks ago, she was like, I'll watch this even if, you know, it wasn't your show. Like, I love this show. Wow. That means a lot to me, for sure. I don't think parents realize how much those I love you and I'm proud of you, how far they go for I know. all of us. Even when we become adults, that I inner know. child still wants to hear that. I know. And she probably won't tell me again for like 10 years, but uh, I'm gonna hold on to that one <laughs> because it meant a lot. And she, she didn't say it to make me feel good or anything. She genuinely meant it. And I was like, dang, it's crazy. <laughs> Star of Abbott, executive producer, head writer as well? Yes. Yep. Okay, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. It's gotta be at least 200 people. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Does that weigh on you mentally? Only sometimes when I feel, I like even right now, I'm like I have to, I am speaking for myself, but I do feel like I need to represent an entire group of people. I want people to be able to have jobs next year on Abbott. I wanna make sure the show keeps going, so I want to try to, present myself on behalf of the entire production. Um, and besides that, no, because everybody else is so good at their jobs that it made my life so much easier. It made it easier to delegate, to communicate, because everyone else was so fantastic. Yes, it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure, but I don't feel it because everyone rose to the occasion. What do you do to stay grounded? I play video games. Really? I, yep, I go bowling. Um, I see my family as much as I can. I talk to my family constantly, because my family is, they, they're not like, my sister still just like will make fun of me, and I think I need that, do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And um, they keep me very grounded, just staying connected to them, and honestly even staying connected to Philly, like working with um, Philly organizations. There's an organization called Yeah Philly that I've been working with since, uh, 2019 and that they work with youth in the area. It's like an anti-gun violence um, initiative ran by uh, Philly kids. It's incredible. And I, just saying tapped in with the city and my family, I think really keeps me, keeps my feet on the ground. Do you feel success yet? I feel it in small ways. Like when I was like, I'm gonna buy a cappuccino maker. I know that seems small balling. to some people. Okay, balling, <laughs> I like it. But like little ways where I'm like, ooh, and then I call my business manager and they're like, leave us alone, buy the cappuccino maker. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh, okay, I thought. So little ways like that where I wanna buy something, but I'm so used to being, I used to be broke for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, those things seem big to me. This, I wasn't doing this last year. I was afraid to talk to you actually, I was like afraid. Why? Cause your show sometimes you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I have to talk to Charlemagne, and I was like, but that, that's also a good sign of doing something. <laughs> I don't want that reputation, by the way. <laughs> no, no positive affirmations for me, huh? You just, this you has just, been <laughs> nice. This has been lovely. This is positive, right? Absolutely. This has been lovely. I, I have I had such it. a good time, yeah.
Final question. What does Quinta ultimately want to do? What do you want out of all of this? I hope that after, you know, the show finishes airing, it will have, it will have made something in the world just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that by putting it in the show. I just want people to have a good time watching it. I want them to leave thinking about the human condition a little bit more. Mm. Um, as you can see, we've, we've started doing our part with helping with schools, and so we've got that covered, but if other people are inspired to go, um, you know, help in any way they can with schools, that's incredible. I love when people, like, just tell me, hey, I made a donation today, or hey, I checked into a meeting, a local meeting, because anyone can go to these meetings for schools at, you know, government meetings or whatever. All of that makes me really happy. Um, and other than that, I'd like a farm eventually. Oh. So I'm working toward that nice farm. I'll live in LA and I'll live in the city and stuff, but one day I'm gonna retire and you will never see me again. Why a farm? Why not a farm? Everything's going to shit. I wanna grow my own food. <laughs> I wanna have a compound and, uh, you know, have some animals. And so that's my plan. All right. Well, Quinta, it was a pleasure and I just wanna continue to. See you grow Thank and evolve. You. This I love, was lovely. I'm, I hope so. It was. I'm like, this was a wonderful experience. This alone changed your perception of me. You hated me? I didn't know. What did you think of me, Quinta? Matter of fact, don't answer that. I don't want to know. You know what? I don't want to know for my own confidence sake. Okay? Yes. Thank you, Quinta. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.